But I, I came to Kentucky because of their entrepreneurial startup programs. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesoming's podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Awesome Inc. Podcast. I am sitting down with Sue Spencer, who pitched at the August 2022 Five Across with her company, Seamly Systems Inc. And we're gonna dive into both her experience and about the startup that she is creating with her team and, and what that looks like. So Sue, thanks so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to be a part of the awesome uh, ecosystem. Hey, that, you know, maybe we should, we should coin that phrase, the awesome ecosystem. Oh, I'll have to give you all the royalties since you're the first one that said that. So, hey. <laughs> so Sue, if you don't mind, can you give a little little insight into into who you are and some of your background? I know that you spent some time with NASA, the Air Force. Thank you for your service. I really appreciate that. And uh, and any anything in that vein before we we dive onto how you got to Seemly? Okay. Well, first of all, just a slight correction. I was never a service member. Uh, I was a contractor for NASA, U.S. Air Force, Corps of Engineers, and other government agencies over over my career, across my career. Hey, that's that's still service in my opinion. <laughs> oh well, thank you. <laughs> but I do I do respect our service uh, our service members quite a bit. That's great. I support them. So, as a contractor, how yeah, how did your role there translate into what you're doing in the in the fashion industry? Well, here's the thing. I was a systems analyst, which meant that, you know, I would come into situations that had been broken for quite a while. And I would have to look at the entire system to figure out what was going on, whether it was the applications going across the network that were uh, not performing as desired, or if the network itself was broken, if the architecture needed to be improved, if security measures needed to be taken, if the problem was throughput, like just too much data on the on the pipe, you know, just things like that. So, but it was from the, covering the entire stack, the seven layer stack of, of networking from application layer down to physical layer. So my viewpoint has always been from uh, 10,000 miles uh, high, or <laughs> whatever, very high, high viewpoint to see the entire picture and then start peeling away the layers to find the problem. So with that skill set in my back pocket, uh, after I left the contracting world to raise children with my husband, he had two children, I had one, so I left to drive the minivan, which I'm very happy I did. Uh, yeah. Um, I realized that, oh, I'd like to stop wearing jeans and maybe wear some of the really cool clothes I used to wear when I was younger, and I couldn't find them that fit. So I started trying to sew my own clothes using sewing patterns, and sewing patterns didn't fit anymore. It's like, wait, what? Uh, what is this? What has happened here? I, I'd been sewing since I was four. Uh, so I used my systems analysis skill sets to start investigating what has happened here. And it turns out uh, the way that we make patterns is the problem. That all patterns are based on body type, like a bar, you know, a base size body type of a Barbie or a Ken, you know, some idealized body proportion. And then each size bigger than that is, is just a larger Ken or a larger Barbie. So this, I thought, this is not okay. This is the 20th century. Why are we doing this? This is a pre-World War II world. Um, 
I mean, there's no, there's nothing sophisticated about this approach. So I, I started learning pattern making systems and I studied over 150 of them because that's what I do. <laughs> um, just being tenacious is my superpower. Uh, nothing clever, just sticking to it. Um, so I figured out what worked and what didn't and rewrote an entirely new stack of operations to create patterns and then combine those operations into an application that I wrote in Python. And then I had no money, so I went to the open source world and we wrote, you know, got some people together and we, we had uh, a new application written from the previous application that's now in C++ and Qt. And now we're looking to port that off of the desktop uh, application off of a desktop application and launch it into the cloud. So that's why I'm involved in the startup ecosystem in uh, Lexington and Louisville and Cincinnati to, to find support for that. That is wild. I, <laughs> I'm so, so impressed to hear that we just covered decades worth of, of information <laughs> right there. So thanks for, yeah. thanks for sharing that. Also, that was extremely succinct. So you're, you're a pro, you're, you're a natural. That was, that was great for me to relearn. Cause honestly at, at our five across events, I'm often running around and getting ready for the next thing. We're helping our team with the next event or, 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 um, activity. So I don't always retain uh, the pitches. So yes, I'm calling myself out. So this is a, a great refresher for me. So, so thanks for sharing that. And 150 patterns. Yeah. Or Systems, yes, books. Systems. I've, got the, I've got this library that's crazy. It's huge. That is so fascinating. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's actually interesting to hear you, you mention like the, you mentioned the, the World War II, so kind of like that, that Prussian system that we yeah. use. Like, yeah, talk a little bit more about that. I'm actually really curious, and then we'll, we'll dive into a bit okay. more of what you do, but this is really fascinating for me. The basic story here is, is really interesting. It goes back to uh, the inventor Joe Gerber. Now, if you're familiar with G-code and 3D printing, G-code, the G stands for Gerber. Joe Gerber was an engineer who touched everything from computing to fashion, right? Uh, and this story begins when he's about 12 or 13 and he's in Vienna and the Nazis have rolled in and they've changed, they've started to change society, right? And uh, people of Jewish descent can no longer practice law. They can't practice uh, medicine. So the families, these families are desperate to keep food on the table. So they've pulled their, even they've They've even pulled their children out of school and sent them off to trade schools so that they can learn to, to do something to keep them, keep the families afloat. Um, so Joe's like 13 and he gets sent off to a six-week dressmaking class. And so he, he remembers this information. So after he escapes with his father across the Danube to Switzerland and then comes on to America, and then you know while he's in high school, he's, he starts his inventing career, starts making these tremendous strides in engineering. Um, so he graduates high school and goes on to, to do amazing things. Eventually creates an electronic cutting table where you stack like a hundred pieces, uh, layers of fabric. You vacuum pack that down with a layer of, you know, plastic sheeting over the top. And then, so it becomes this hard, you know, like a brick. And then you take a, a jigsaw and just cut out all the pattern pieces that you've arranged to, to that you've uh, told the cutting table to, to cut. And that's where G-code comes from. Um, so when he coded this out, he coded up pattern making software to support the cutting table. He never questioned the methodologies that he learned in early 1930 Vienna for dressmaking. That's what he put into code. And that's what all fashion software uses today. They just cut and paste. They never questioned what this brilliant man did. And, you know, and he is brilliant. You know, he was brilliant. He's a fantastic. If you want to know more about him, you should read the book, uh, The Inventor's Dilemma. 
It's about Joe Gerber. But um, so anyway, so that's where we're, that's how we're in the situation we are today. And the fashion industry has been able to make that work uh, up in, up until now. But I think the end of the road has come from that approach where you overproduce, you make all the designs and all the sizes, and then you make the creating enough of those items to supply all of your vendors in all locations. And of course, that overproduction model, you know, you don't want to miss any sales. So you basically overproduce and you only sell about 60% of what you make. So there's a lot of waste built into this, this business model of these pre-size that doesn't really fit everybody, but it fits some. It actually uh, fits about 20% of the population and the rest of us suffer. <laughs> And the book on that is called uh, The End of Average by Todd Rose, which is a really good read. You can get that on Amazon as well. So um, so we want to end this old business model that's come to the end of life, right? We want a new business model where you sell everything that you make. Fortunately, you can have online catalogs and you, as soon as you get the order, somebody pays for it, then you make it. And that's the new business model. There's no waste there. And if there's better fit, if your base sizes aren't based on Barbie and Ken, then you're not going to get the 35% returns, right? So this whole business model needs to be implemented and the fashion industry really knows that it needs it, but they just don't have the technology to do it because they don't know how to fit people with patterns. So as a systems analyst, I peeled back all the layers like Shrek, you know, layers. Oh, you're layers, layers, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get down to the base problem. And the base problem is poor fit. So if you fix the fit, you fix the waste. There we go. If you fix the fit, you fix the waste. Well, well, Sue. Yeah. And you fix your profits too. Well, hey, that, that's exactly what, what we're here. Yeah. We're talking about. We go together. Yes, they do. We're talking about your company, Seemly, and the problem they solve. And I know briefly, I, I remember you, you talked about how you have this SaaS platform and you mentioned Python, C++. You've already, you've already hinted at that. Yeah. So what exactly does your, your company do? Uh, if you could boil it down and tell people who you know, have, have never heard you pitch. They just got schooled in, in the fashion history and we learned so much. So thank you for articulating all that. It definitely helps really connect some of the dots of, hey, where we've we come from to where we are now and why Seemly is going to be a fit for, for most people in the fashion world. Well, uh, Seemly's B2B SaaS design platform solves fashion's problems with fit and profitability by improving the fit and increasing profits and reducing returns and waste. So you, you also mentioned something along the lines of, you know, matching 3D products and, and the metaverse. How does that fit into a, a B2B SaaS platform? Well, if you, if you look online right now, you see a lot of fashion offer, offerings that are in the 3D space. And you may be familiar with some software tools like Marvelous Designer uh, that create 3D fashion. And these are fantastic tools. Not saying that they are, you know, that there's anything wrong there, but they're siloed. They're not interconnected. Um, go into Mar a lot of people use my patterns and import them into Marvelous Designers so that they can have something that actually fits a human being and not an idealized avatar. So, um, so this so this tells me that there's a need to have an interconnected end-to-end uh, -end design platform where you go from your production pattern, you know, a pattern that actually fits real people, uh, and then instead of exporting it as a, you know, a DXF file that you send to your manufacturer, of course, I mean, you retain that feature, but you can also export it as an OBG WAV mm -hmm. file or as an articulated, um, 
you know, wired character to put directly into your game. There's no reason why the export couldn't include all these extra things. So once once we get down to the basics and, and we've, uh, we're creating patterns that, and I'll tell you, the pattern design software right now, they create 2D images. Okay. That's the pattern. And there's really nothing behind it. Uh, what we've done is implement the design strategy that's enjoyed by the automotive industry, aerospace industry, most manufacturing industries, where the pattern, where the design pattern is a is an engineering file, right? It's formulas. It's got constraints. It's like it's real design. Uh, so again, we, we've taken the fashion design industry from uh, 100 years forward in a single step by implementing patterns as a proper engineering document from which you can export the 2D view, you know, like, like you could export a 2D blueprint of your house, right? Or from that same design file, you can look at it in 3D. That's what we've implemented for fashion. And there's nothing like it out there. Uh, right now, most of the, the code bases are so old that you that their 3D is not really connected to their 2D. When you look at a 3D model and you make some changes, you've got to go in and manually implement that back into the 2D view because they are truly not, not all that well connected. So we've got the connection. We have what's called a digital thread. Digital thread. This is, this, you. So you have no idea. I feel like I'm, I'm in a... Uh an accelerated masterclass learning about the fashion <laughs> and design world. So this is, this is really exciting to hear what, uh, so where are you now with, with Seemly? Where are y'all, where's your, where's your company and where are you heading in terms of, of making money? And what, what are maybe some of these goals that you're hoping to accomplish in the next couple of months? Our goal is to get our fashion design software off of the desktop application Build because that's very complicated and it's very difficult. And, you know, PC sales are dropping. People are buying tablets. We want people to do all of their work on a tablet so that they don't have to have an expensive desktop an boat anchor, right, to do their work. Uh, we'd like for you to... <laughs> We, we have a friend who used to be a, a VP at Hugo Boss, and now he's at H&M. He's a big surfer dude, lived in San Diego. He's German, but so he lives all over the place, and he, and he follows the surf. And he wants to be able to do his work on a tablet. He doesn't want to be grounded. But, you know, now he's in charge of several, you know, a team of, of, of 3D product designers, and he wants to equip all of them with, with tablets and say, here, go do your thing. Um, and we want to go, because that's the future. And so we want to be where the market is. We want our total addressable market to be as large as possible. So we want to be a, a SaaS product. Um, also, it makes it easier for us to roll out new features uh, because there's a lot. Once we get this up and running, there's so much that can be done here. It can all be so interconnected. And I'd love to talk to you about it, but I can't. Well, well we can revisit <laughs> I'm that. I'm so excited yeah. about the future. Yes, yes. So what we're looking for is investment to get this up and running in the cloud. And we have some, some interest from larger companies, but you know, larger companies are, they are slower to respond. They're bigger ships of, you know, big ships on the ocean and they don't make uh, quick turns, right? Um, but they, if they see us up and running that we are, you know, a proper product that, uh, that they can, that they can uh, see, then they are going to, they have already expressed interest. Very cool. And we can uh, go in and do the, the specialized integration to, because we wrote seemingly to be interoperable unlike anything else. Fashion typically has been so proprietary that they think, no, we have to have our own siloed proprietary solution in house. Like even if you look at Gucci and you see their NFT, their 3d offerings right now, those things look terrible. I'm like, there's no reason for it to look that bad. <laughs> Why? <Call> out. And <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, you're, Gucci, you're call good. me, call me. <laughs> 
Um, so <laughs> we want to, we want that capability for every fashion designer out there. You shouldn't be shut out of the digital market just because the tools are extraordinarily expensive or are proprietary and, and you don't have your own, you haven't built your own tool set. So we have the tool set for, for the 99%. Mm. We're democratizing the fashion design process That's good. so that you can have a profit. You can say, I want to be a fashion designer and you don't have to go bankrupt in two years, which most well, do. Uh, we want the tools to be affordable and easy to use and for you to access any market that you want. That's great. Well, let me, let me ask you this question. I, I often ask most founders, why Kentucky? But from a, a fashion perspective, for as little as I do know, I have often heard that, you know, like, like Italy, Milan, Paris, France, New York, Atlanta, like there are these, there's these, these hotspots globally where, where fashion, where fashion thrives and grows. Why, why, why start seemingly here in Kentucky? Why, why not go to one of these, you know, supposed fashion capitals to, to build and launch this? That's a great question. You know, I'm from Alabama originally from Huntsville, which is how I got, you know, my jobs in government contracting gotcha. because that's a government town and the business devs there were very, very supportive, but their expertise is in government contracting and private enterprises, not their cup of tea. So, uh, I find out about, uh, some of the, the programs available here in Kentucky and I applied for the first 50 K, uh, startup accelerator that's actually based out of Cape Girardeau, Missouri. But this was the first year that they were expanding into Paducah, Kentucky. And I thought, that sounds really, it's the middle of America. And I want to reshore fashion to America. Now's the time we can do this. Labor rates are rising around the world. Uh, shipping costs are accelerating. Uh, we're going to have to reshore fashion. There's just the costs are becoming too great to, to support this app. Uh, overseas production. So, uh, so I, I want to have this based in America. And if I were to go to Brooklyn, right, creative capital, right, or to Boston, uh, like an IT capital, or Los Angeles, which is a, a fashion production capital, I mean, there's a lot of manufacturing going on in, in cut and sew operations in Los Angeles. And uh, San Francisco is sort of a hub for fashion tech, and, and for finance as well. Uh, and then other hubs for fashion, uh, like hip hop fashion or St. Louis and Atlanta. Uh, so out of all of that, and also there's a, a very good community around Columbus, Ohio. That's like the number three spot in America because I guess uh, Abercrombie and Finch is, Fitch is from there and uh, The Limited was from there. So, uh, there's a lot going on there. And um, But I, I came to Kentucky because of their entrepreneurial startup programs that are funded by the, by the state that are, that are really producing a lot of value for the state, producing jobs, producing wealth. And you seem to have it right. And you understand the pain points that entrepreneurs go through and that your, your programs seem to be highly customized. Whereas uh, other programs, accelerated programs, you, you really need to meet the, the founder mold. You know, there's a, there's an archetype for a founder that if you don't fit that, then you're not going to succeed, which is total, you know, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm tracking with you. I'm tracking with you. <laughs> we're looking, we're looking for diversity here, yeah. right? And diversity is where the money is. That's where the value is. And especially with a creative company, you want as many viewpoints as possible. Diversity is not skin deep. It is all the way through. So, uh, that's, that, that's one of the reasons why I came to Kentucky and you may not be used to having Kentucky talked about in this, in this way as being a, a leader in diversity, but I, I feel that it is. My experience is that it is. Well, great. Is. Well, thanks for sharing. So well, con congratulations. Yeah, hey, we're, we're, we're stoked to be here. And again, we, 
we've we've been in the awesome or <laughs> we've been in the awesome ecosystem as as you referred to earlier, you know, for the last thirteen years. So we we've seen a gamut of companies, ideas, and and people, frankly, who have wanted to be an entrepreneur, wanted to have a startup, have have the solution to a problem they've faced, you know, either with where they're they're located or with people who are there in their same age of life that you know like, mom, like early moms and dads like with this problem we had a really cool company uh come through five across a couple of years ago that had a very unique product for for children and for for moms with young babies i mean i, I remember that was one of the more unique uh startups i saw when i was earlier on the team so totally understand your your comment about mm-hmm. diversity here in kentucky and and speaking of i just mentioned five across when i was referring to that that uh, entrepreneur, what was your five across experience like? I know it's been a couple of weeks now, but I want to hear about it. Cause I know that's, in my opinion, that's, that's an event that we want to be like shark tank pitch competition and also a high school yeah. pep rally where, where you just come and you get encouraged to, to be an entrepreneur. That was, it was such a great experience. I just want you to know that was fantastic. It was fun. It was energetic and it was informative and it was helpful. I mean, it wasn't just for show. It wasn't just entrepreneurship as entertainment, which can happen, right? It's like, oh, this was fun. Yeah. And then nothing happens from it. I've already received a lot of, a lot of feedback and a lot of encouragement uh, offers for, you know, to, to people who have reached out to me and said, this looked really good. And I, I'd like to talk to you about it. How can I help you? And it's just amazing. So the follow-up from that experience for, as a business experience, it, it's yielded returns. Great. But just meeting everyone and being there, it was an extraordinary, extraordinary experience. And I loved every minute of it. That's great. What's, uh, what's the one, maybe the one or two key takeaways that you personally gained after, after pitching, whether it was judges feedback, you ran to somebody who's like, hey, I want to invest in you or I want to help you. Would you mind sharing about that? Um, just being connected to the Lexington Entre, you know, entrepreneurial ecosystem, just being more connected and uh, feeling comfortable in reaching out and speaking with the fantastic mentors and experts and business uh, experienced advisors that you've got in your in your community. That just just the confidence to know that we're all in this together and that all you know, rising tide raises all yep. boats. Um, and I just, I really, it gives me hope to get up in the morning because as an entrepreneur, it can feel very lonely sometimes. And you feel like I've just knocking my head up against the wall. I've got to, you know, all these things are going great, but, and yet, so it really lets me know that, uh, there's more out there that the more I put in, the more I get back and the more other people, you know, that, that, that the communication and channels, and I, I guess that's not really a precise answer, but I, I think that the real value is is being able to talk to anyone in your community and be treated with respect and dignity and having a proper, you know, uh, having someone take my company seriously, that even though it's not, it might not be their, uh, their area of expertise, they'll know someone and they'll pass me along. So I, I really appreciate being, being accepted, even though I'm from on the other side of the state. So it was just, it was well, and again, that's, that's one of the cool things that you mentioned. We're able to partner with and help encourage entrepreneurs from Louisville, from Lexington, from Western Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky, you know, all over. And that's, that's one of the cool things about our awesome ecosystem. And I'm definitely going to milk, milk that phrase. So thanks for uh, putting that in my vocabulary. 
Well, Sue, okay. last last two questions before we wrap up our time together. This has been really enjoyable. So again, appreciate uh, all the knowledge that you've brought into this conversation. This has been wonderful. What, what is a goal? And you mentioned getting your platform off, off a, a boat anchor, as you referred it to. Uh, yeah, so yeah. What, what's a 12-month goal for Seamly? Our 12-month goal is to stand Seamly up as a uh, SaaS cl- uh, cloud product written in JavaScript, because JavaScript... I mean, JavaScript can do it. We don't have to have C++. So we, we would be in a much more agile environment, be easier to, to make changes, to keep up with what our consumers want, especially as we expand our, uh, our market. And also to, to create the initial 3D offering so that everybody can get in there and see what their designs look like in a full physics engine. And you can see how it operates on the moon because, you know, you can change the, the gravity, you can change the air pressure, you can just whatever you want to do. So we, we tell people you can design spacesuits with our 3D uh, full physics engine feature. Um, and we've even received a letter of interest from the Mars Society of Canada. They did a global software search uh, for, for tools that could meet their needs to design garments for long-term human habitation on Mars. And they said that Seemly is the only thing that can do this. So we're looking for investment to make that happen for not just fashion on the earth, but fashion across the universe. Um, no, that, that's great. <laughs> so... And you can find out more about Seemly at Seemly.net. Awesome. Well, Sue, thanks for the time. Thanks for thanks for bringing the enthusiasm. This has been such an enjoyable conversation. And I am excited to maybe want to learn some fashion tips from you to, to help help me out and, uh, and also see where Seemly grows in the next couple of months before you get off the ground up and running. So congrats again. Excited that we got Thank the follow you. from Five Across. And uh, it's going to be fun watching watching your company grow. Well, thank you, Garrett. It's been a pleasure. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesome Inks Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in. And let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.